Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Stephen Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to see you. By faith, I'm actually pre-recording this message. Uh, we've had some health issues that uh, my doctor wants to uh, protect me from some things that might affect them. And it's really been tough not being with you the last four or five weeks, it seems now. <clears throat> but I'm glad tonight <clears throat> I have this opportunity to speak to you. And um, I want to just take a couple moments and before I start to tell you a little bit about what I want to do tonight. I, I know I've got a particular audience in mind that I'm going to be speaking to. Um, but I think we can all benefit from the topic. So if you'll join with me tonight, I, I want to take you to a place and possibly a situation that you once found yourself in. Now the message tonight is for those people like the character that we're going to be talking about. So if you'll just let your imagination run wild tonight, we'll get into the word of God and maybe this will reach out to someone that can really benefit from it and that's my prayer. So before we start, I just want to uh, pray, and I want to ask God to have his hand upon each of you that is listening to this message, whether you're at home or in church, um, that God would open up your heart. I also want to pray for those people that are listening to this online for the first time, that the words that I speak are coming from a loving heart and from a God that loves you very much. I also want to pray for those that are sick tonight, those that are suffering through COVID, that God gives them strength and healing, and for those that are in the midst of a COVID crisis, that God gives them the strength to go through it and a vision to see themselves through that situation. Lord God, tonight I, I want to thank you that we can gather together. Even if we're not all in the same place, Lord, we're all in the same mind. We honor you tonight. We glorify your name. We worship you today. We pray for those that are suffering, Lord, those that are sick. We pray for those that have uh, fought the battle of COVID or are fighting it. We pray for those that are discouraged, Lord Jesus, and depressed. We pray for the sinner who's lost, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that you would have your hand upon this message tonight, that you would bless it and use it for the reason that it's intended. And I'll give you all the praise and the glory. I ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So tonight we're going to be starting from Luke chapter 4. I'm going to be reading from verse 60 to verse 30. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, and he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. 
And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day, in this scripture, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever you have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But now listen to what he says next. But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Serpata, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, cleansed saving Naaman, the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him onto the brow of the hill wherein their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. He brought a message. He pointed out something that they had refused to see. They could not see their stone heart. They could not recognize that they were blind. They could hear with their ears, but they really did not hear. They could receive things into their mind, but they really could not comprehend. And the message infuriated them to think that God would go forth from the Jewish nation into the heathen nation to reap a people. So much were they infuriated that they sought to take his life. Woe unto us when we miss the day of our visitation. Woe unto us that when God calls our name, we plug our ears and we turn away. Now, these two references to Elisha and Elijah and their miracles, again, they infuriated Israel, these people that were in the synagogue. Now, these were two different individuals. At, um, of course, the widow of of um, Seraphah, Serpata, also called Seraphath. And the other one was the captain of the host of Syria. Now, Serpata was a Phoenician city on the Mediterranean coast. And I know in the scripture it refers to it near Sidon. But it was between Sidon and Tyra. Also, again, as I said previously, known as the city of Zarephath. Now, I'd like to go into this true story about the captain of Syria. I want to tell you that Naaman was a very powerful and he was a very influential man. He was well-respected and he was loved by his servants, as we'll find out. And the king of Syria highly respected him and gave him much authority. Now the list of his accomplishments, his victories over his enemies, they would impress 
even the most skeptical. I would imagine he had a very beautiful home. Of course, he had a respected position. Probably had quite a bit of money in the bank. And some of us in this room tonight, or wherever you're at, might even say that he was living the dream. However, when we look more closely, we find that there's one thing that's ruining this lovely portrait of success. I turn to 2 Kings, the fifth chapter, verse 1. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable. Now notice this too. Because by him the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, had given deliverance unto Syria. God had even taken notice of him. He was also a mighty man in valor, comma. But, here's the clincher, he was a leper. It seems like the last five words seem to jump off the page. Everything is great, except he's a leper. Now, it seems to me that wealth, respect, accomplishments, they all seem to pale in the fact that he's a leper. Now, leprosy, you can't get rid of it through going to a doctor. You can't buy your way out of the condition with money. And no, much, no matter how much sympathy you receive, you're still a leper. You can, you can try not to think about your leprosy, but every time when you look in the mirror, you see its evidence. You can try to cover it with clothes and try to turn it away by turning up the sound of things around you. But when all is said and done, and when the lights are turned off, you are still a leper. Usually stories like this story do not have a happy ending. Now, I, I truly believe that this story is placed in the Bible for people just like Naaman. You've accomplished great things in your life. Maybe you've already earned a place in life's hall of fame, but you're not happy. You realize that you're dying and there's none that can stop the process of that death. You can try to go to self-help groups and you can read all the reference books you can find. You can try to focus on positive thinking, but when all is said and done, you realize that you're still in type a leper and you're still dying. You can try to avoid it. You can try to mask it with the things of this world that, that the world has to offer, but again... When the lights are turned off, you realize that nothing has changed. And in fact, you're even more of a leper today than you were yesterday. Then you look at the hourglass as the sand ebbs away and realize there's nothing left to do. But wait a second. That's not necessarily true. 
If you're a leper tonight, this message is for you. Let's continue to read. 2 Kings 5, verse 2. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus, and the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to go. This young girl had compassion on her master and told him about a man that had power to heal leprosy. That brought a ray of hope. And he went to the king for his permission, and of course the king gave him permission. He didn't want to lose his captain. Hey friend, listen to me tonight. There is someone who has power over your condition. They have power over what you're dealing with. It may require you to leave where you're at and travel to a place you've never you that's not friendly to you it might be enemy territory. And you may have to inquire of a god that you've never inquired of before. But I want to tell you, if you'll take a moment, you'll see that trip is well worth it. I, I'd ask the question, what's holding you in this place? Everything you have means really nothing if you're a leper. Now, Naaman, of course, is a wise man and lets a little time pass by before he finds this man who knows this strange God that has power over leprosy. Now, it's interesting to note, to Naaman, it does not matter if it's a Jewish God. It does not matter if he is in enemy territory. All that matters to Naaman is he wants to get rid of this plague that's been stealing his life away. That's all that matters. So far, it looks good, but I want to tell you there is a cog in the wheel. Naaman is also suffering from another condition that might interfere with this problem. Now, this condition is a real common condition carried by every person here on earth. And before Naaman can be cured of the second condition, he must first cure the first. Now let's, let's continue to read. I'm going down to verse 9 of 2 Kings 5. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth. And went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come to me 
and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. You're going to find out that the second condition is even more serious than the first. The second condition is so powerful, it can cause a man to walk away from what he so desperately needs. That condition is pride. As bad as Naaman wanted to be delivered from leprosy, his pride was greater than his plague. He was willing to die a leper and an outcast rather than let his pride be hurt. Doesn't this prophet know who I am? Doesn't he know how much I've done? How influential I am in the land that I dwell in? Listen, that's all hogwash. None of that stuff matters if you're a leper. But Naaman was wise in the fact that he had surrounded himself with people who could show him a perspective that was not tainted with the stench of his own pride. Even so, this battle that he was fighting was harder than any he had fought before. For now the enemy that he was facing wasn't on a battlefield. The enemy was inside of him. His pride screamed bloody murder all the way to the River Jordan, that filthy, dirty river. Pride tried to keep him from following through on all that was required. Pride resisted all that was promised because it was the disease that would actually, if not stopped, pre, um, pre, I'm trying to think of the word. Well, it would come before his own death through leprosy. Now let's, let's look again a little further and see what's happening. He starts, his pride calls out and says this, Verse 12 of chapter 5 of 2 Kings. Hey, listen, are not the Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus? They're better than all the waters of Israel. May not I wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, now listen to the wisdom they have. If the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, Wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, wash and be clean? Well, that's a good thought. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. He dipped one time, two times, three times, then four. Each time he descended into that watery grave, he was bearing another piece of his pride. Finally, the seventh time arrived, and when he had completed all that was commanded, and I, I want you to focus on this, when he had completed all that was commanded by Elisha to do, he came forth 
and the leprosy was gone. It didn't leave after the third time, and it was still there on the fifth time, and even on the sixth time, nothing had changed. But when he had fulfilled the complete will of God, God brought forth the promise of healing. Not only was he a different person on the outside, he was a different person on the inside with hope destroyed, with pride destroyed, and a new hope. Now, there's a lesson in this story for each one of us, every one of us here, all of us listening. You see, each of us at one time in our life is a leper. I don't care how good you are, no matter how much you've done, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank, you are still a leper or are still a leper. And I don't need to remind you that the world cannot cure what you've got. And you just can't buy your way out. And the counselors can't say enough words to get it out of your mind. There's only one place that you can go for help. There is only one God that can deliver. It's quite possible, like Naaman, you're not aware of your secondary condition. But no doubt, it's probably there, that condition of pride. For if one does not destroy you, the other one will. You have to deal with them both at the same time. Now, when I look at script, the scripture, leprosy is always a type of sin. We've all sinned. Every one of us has sinned. We've all uh, rejected truth and disobeyed God. There's none righteous, no, not one, the Bible says. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all lepers. Now there's only one cure for sin. And that's the blood of a perfect sacrifice. The blood of one who has conquered death and hell and the grave. One that knew no sin. Christ's blood has the antibodies to eradicate sin. But to get to that blood, you've got to go through the cross. You have to leave the country in which you're dwelling. You have to leave your old life. And you need to travel to another place. And you have to seek a God that maybe you have never sought before. And when you come to that place, you've got to find that cross. And you've got to hang your pride on the cross before you'll ever be able to go down into the water to get your sins eradicated. That's why Jesus spoke in Matthew the 16th chapter, verse 24. He said, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In other words, friend, you can't get to the Jordan. You can't get to the cleansing water unless you've got the cross. And the cross is for your pride. The cross is for your old life. 
I find it so amazing that people want to get rid of something that blemishes their life and dreams for the future. But they let pride interfere in that deliverance. Just like Naaman. He was willing, after all the things he'd gone to, to get to Elisha. He was willing to walk away. And he does what so many people do. Can't I just accept the Lord? Can't I just believe on the Lord to be saved? What about my faith? These are all rivers in, the, in a, a, a land that you want to go back to. It seems wise. It makes sense. But that's not what the prophet is telling you to do. He's being very specific on his demands. What Elijah asked Naaman to do, it wasn't difficult. It wasn't hard. It only take a few minutes. It only be a minor inconvenience. He didn't have to fight an army of rebels. He didn't have to travel across the world. But Naaman's pride did not like to be told what to do or how to do it. You know why? Let me tell you something about pride. Pride wants to do it its own way. And you know why? Because pride wants to be recognized and pride wants to receive its share of the glory. And the Bible says pride always precedes a fall. Now, for people wanting to get rid of their sin or their leprosy, we have to learn the lesson of Naaman. If we want a perfect outcome, we have to have perfect obedience. Oh, you want to have some fun tonight? How about, let's role play a little bit. Let's pretend that you're Naaman. Okay? Now let me tell you, you have a great life. You're well-respected. You have notable accomplishments. It sounds pretty good so far, doesn't it? However, there's one thing wrong with you. Those five words that we read in the beginning of this message, but you have leprosy. Now there's, again, you've realized in tonight that there's no worldly cure. There isn't a doctor that can remove it from you. Well, let me ask you a question. How do you feel? How do you feel about your great accomplishments now than, that you realize that you're dying and there's no cure for what you have? Once you start looking at it that way, you realize that you're living under a death sentence. Again, I go back and remind you that leprosy is a type of sin. And we know what the conclusion of sin is. We know what the end of leprosy is. For the wages, in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now someone has told you about a God that has power to take away your sin. That's me. I'll be the servant girl. I want to tell you tonight that there is a God that can deliver you from the curse that you're living under. 
Hopefully, like Naaman, you're interested and your ears are perking up. But I want to tell you, you're going to have to go find the man of God. You're going to have to leave where you're at and you're going to have to go to that man and you're going to have to ask him what God requires to heal you. Now, I have to say this, you'd be foolish not to go. You would be foolish not to go. I'm sending you to the person that has been entrusted to give you directions on how to live, how to remove your sin. Now, let's, let's go on. Let's go to that guy. Let's, who is that man? Well, currently the man that I'm talking about, he's in Jerusalem. And others, just like yourself, have heard the same news and they've gathered together and are asking what they can do to get rid of the curse they're living under and delivered from this sentence of sin. Now, I want you to listen carefully. For you have to do exactly as the man of God says or you will remain a leper. I warn you, though, because when I read these words, you may react just like Naaman reacted. You may try to find excuses. You might get angry because it wasn't what you imagined would happen. And your pride might drive you back to where you came from. But let me be a friend and a counselor and tell you what the prophet or the man of God is asking is not hard at all. It's your pride that's standing in your face. It's your pride that's sticking its finger by your nose and telling you that it's below you. Let's go back and read the account. Verse 37. These men have talked to a man named Peter, and Peter has told them that they have they have entered into this curse by their own actions. But he gives them exactly what God wants them to do to take away the curse, just like Naaman did. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's the same thing that Naaman said. What do you want me to do? Then Peter said unto them, this is it. Now listen, this is the command. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your curse, for the remission of your leprosy, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as the many as the Lord God shall call. The good news is, this wasn't just for one leper. This was for every leper. Every leper on the face of the earth, if they would obey the command and repent and be dipped in the water in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission or the taking away of their leprosy, it would be so. But friend, you've got to do it exactly that way. You can't omit repentance. That's part of the command. Repentance means I'm turning around. 
I'm turning my back on my old life. I, I determined to be a new creature. I'm sorry for the things that I've done that have grieved God. You cannot go down into the water until you repent. Now your pride may say, you don't need to repent because repentance isn't pretty. Repentance is dirty. The river Jordan, it's a dirty river. But repentance is dirty. It's getting down and allowing yourself to to share your, your grief at the actions that you've committed against God. Some might say, well, this act is pretty humiliating. I don't want people to see me cry. I don't want people to see me confessing my sins in this condition. Oh, you'd prefer to die a leprosy? You know what that is. What you're saying is my pride does not want to reveal my heart before anyone. That's your pride speaking when you say that. Your pride's telling you just, hey, listen, you don't need to be baptized. You don't need to repent. Just confess. Just confess it. Hey, listen, I'm a sinner. That's not what repentance is. Remember John spoke about the baptism of repentance. Repentance was a major part of salvation. And when Peter used the word repent, he meant repent. Don't tell me how good a person you are. You got leprosy while you were a good person. Don't you realize you'll say these words, your pride will speak and say, hey, listen, I've done a lot to help people. I'm a good person. I've given money to food pantries. I've helped the destitute. I've, you know, pastor, I've lived, I've lived a good life. But late, wait, my friend, that's all well and good. But listen, you're still a leper. Not only are you still a leper, but you're manifesting a second condition that's even more serious than the first and impedes the removal of the second, and that's pride. Your pride is lifting its ugly head, and it's saying, look at me. Look at what I've done. I want my piece of the action. And I want to tell you tonight, you've got to bury that monster. It's not appealing to people, and it's appalling to God. That's why the cross is there before you can go under the water. You have to hang that pride on the cross and let it die. It's humiliating. Well, Jesus was humiliated. They stripped him of his robe robe, and they hung him on a cross and they gathered around him and they watched him suffer and die. Don't you think for one minute that was a humiliating experience? How can you even say that? Some will run back to their old church, their old country. They'll hide their head in the sand, try to avoid the words of the prophet. But friend, if you want to get delivered from the leprosy on the sin that you have, 
Don't deceive yourself. Do as the prophet has said. Do as the man of God has said, exactly as he said. And God will do exactly as he said. You know, confessing that you're a leper is great. You know your condition, but it does not affect the fact that it's still eating away on your life. Confessing is good. Let me play Naaman's friend for a moment. Naaman's friend went up to him when he was raging and he put his hand on his shoulder and he said, calm down for a moment. Calm down, Naaman. If this man of God had asked you to do some act of bravery or you to conquer a great problem, you were so desperate, I'm sure you would have done it because that's the kind of person you are. But because the man of God is only asking you to repent and hang up your pride and go down into the water and dip yourself, why can't you do that simple act? Just obey. Just walk over to the water and surrender your will to the will of God and follow his directions. Put that pride away. It's, try, it's your pride that's trying to tell you to walk away. It's your pride that's making you angry. And it, it's, it's interfering with, God, with what God wants to accomplish in your body and in your life. Please don't go back to where you came from because you'll still be what you were before you left. So tonight... I want to close with this thought. Taking into consideration the cost that has been paid to receive this monumental gift of which I speak tonight, your investment is minuscule. What are you bringing to the table? You're bringing a condemned life, a diseased life, that has no hope. God is willing to take what you have left and he's willing, if you'll obey him, to give you a new life that will last forever and never die. When you walk away from the waters of baptism after you've repented and hung your pride on a cross, you'll be just like Naaman was. Look at that man. His heart was so full of gratitude after he came up out of the water. He was willing to give Elisha whatever he wanted. He was a new man with a new heart and a new outlook on life. Friends, tonight, saint or sinner, make sure that your pride does not get in the way of what God is telling you and asking you to do. And when God asks you to do something, make sure you do it exactly as he said or you will find the outcome will not be what you expected. So Lord Jesus, tonight I, I thank you for this opportunity to have been here and shared these thoughts. I pray for those that are listening tonight that are lepers, Lord. And they're just finding out that 
they have leprosy or they've known for years. I pray that their pride would step aside so that they could see there was a way that is commanded in the scripture to take away the curse of sin and to give them hope and life. All it requires is direct obedience to the full command. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And friend, in closing tonight, I say these words. Make sure you make your election and calling sure. And today is that day of salvation. Thank you again for allowing me to be with you. I pray that God leads you each day and continues to bless you. God bless. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.